You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. It's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence Podcast. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town & Country. And co-pilot, Tony Abate with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be your real estate advocate and also to make sure you're educated about the buying and selling process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get you safely to closed. Right. In a real estate transaction, there are many reasons why you can encounter turbulence. Today we are going to talk about renovation home financing and how that can be a tool for both buyers and sellers to avoid turbulence in a real estate transaction. Yeah, it's an exciting topic. Yeah. Um, before we before we jump into that, though, I, we were we were talking just a couple minutes ago. I was uh, out for a walk this morning and uh, took a crap, <laughs> fell right down, crumpled like a paper bag. Oh, John. Uh, I just. Stepped in a little hole and uh, (laughs) (laughs) tried to catch myself, but Uh, uh, face hit pavement. You know, it's weird, though. From being a a kid and and, kind of I grew a little fast between like eighth and ninth grade. mm -hmm. So I was getting used to being as tall as I was at that time. And I – tripped over myself a lot. I was a bit of a klutz as a, yeah. as a teenager. And um, and it seems like that all went away in my 20s, 30s, and it's back again. It's back. <laughs> and I uh, kind of wish it wasn't, but uh, yeah. so, so that so was, was my your, <laughs> Was your first reaction to look around to see if anybody saw you? Oh, was they that? did. Yeah. There was a guy trimming uh, oh, right no. around a stump in his yard. Yeah. There was a lady on the front porch. I was on Lakeshore. Uh, walking yeah. and uh, and he asked me if I was okay and being more embarrassed than anything else, I said <laughs> right. hey, I'm I'm fine, thank yeah. you and and got up and walked away and of course you you roll over and sit up and say <laughs> to, you know you do an assessment yeah. anything broken anything really hurt no okay good let's get up and go <laughs> yeah uh, well, was, it hasn't affected your voice you sound like a rock star so we're ready to roll huh? we're, we're ready to roll <laughs> anything happened to you this morning anything you do this morning oh nothing nearly as exciting as as you went through so i can't top that <laughs> i can't top that <laughs> exciting being the the operative word yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. Renovation financing. Yeah. I, I know this is uh, something that you have a little bit of a passion about mm-hmm. and and I think that people aren't aware of. So I appreciate the fact that you like to educate buyers uh, that this is one of the aspects that Ross Mortgage offers. Um, and it doesn't have to be an FHA 203K, though mm-hmm. that's one facet, but there's, there's conventional renovation financing as well. So right. – I'd love to hear your, your you talk about that this morning and make buyers aware that this is a good thing. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, so renovation financing, we'll kind of set the foundation. So a renovation loan is a mortgage that couples the funds used to purchase a home or refinance a home for that matter with funds used to renovate, repair, or upgrade a home all rolled into one. So, uh, you know, a person might say, and, and we get this question a lot, it's like, well, you know, geez, it, it, why don't we just get an equity loan? Why don't we just go to the, you know, the credit union up the street, get an equity loan, and then we can just do it all ourselves and, and so on. The big difference is this. So a renovation loan, uh, I'll back up a step. All financing is based on the value of the property, right? That, that right. appraised value is the critical starting point. A renovation loan is going to base the value on the after improved value of the home. 
that don't exist yet, but that's what the appraisal is based on. The home equity loan is just going to use the value of the home as it is at the beginning of the project. So uh, you might, and just using round numbers, you might have a home that's worth $150,000. It's going to be worth $190,000 after you make the improvements. Um, but if you go to get a home equity loan, all they're going to recognize is that present value is $150,000. So you may not have enough borrowing room uh, for an equity loan. To make the improvements that you want right, to make. Right, right, right. So what the appraiser does on the renovation loan is they say, well, after these improvements are made, then the value of the home is going to be, again, hypothetically $190,000. That gives that person a lot more working room, a lot more uh, potential equity where we can lend a greater amount of money to get the work done. Question for you. Yeah. If we're talking about a seller who's looking to refinance to be able to do this mm-hmm. um, home improvement loan, is it a full appraisal that they're getting? Because uh, in a typical refinance, mm-hmm. it seems like it's not a full-blown appraisal. It seems to be a less-than appraisal just to verify value without the same sort of bells and whistles that a full-blown appraisal has. Is that is that a correct assessment or that's not the case at all? Well, it, it's less of a case now than what it used to be. Um, you know, Pre-recession, the lending industry would use drive-by appraisals or, or to your point, lesser grade appraisals to get the work done. We know what happened there and so yes, those, those are not used anywhere near to the same frequency. Um, there are circumstances where there's appraisal waivers um, and that's because, hey, the data is just showing sufficient assets – I'm sorry, suffi- sufficient equity coupled with the strong loan. The lender is basically saying, look, the appraisal isn't going to tell us anything we don't already know. That's debatable, but that's the situation. On on these transactions, whether it's a refinance or a purchase, yes, it's a full appraisal. And and the consumer really wants that because you want that appraiser to take into account, oh, it's going to have an upgraded kitchen. Oh, you're redoing the bathroom? Great. Well, assuming that, now the value of the home is X. So that's where they get that extra value that they can borrow against to complete the improvements that haven't been done yet, but they need the money to complete those improvements. Yeah. So out of curiosity, because in the in in real world real estate, we know that you prove a kitchen, you put eighty grand into a kitchen, mm-hmm. you're not getting eighty grand out of it. Right. Or fifteen thousand into a bathroom remodel, you're not going to see that fifteen thousand back. You'll mm-hmm. see a good return, probably more than any other improvement, yeah. but you're not going to see that. So, when an when an appraiser is is determining how much doing a, a remodel is going to add to the value, mm-hmm. are they taking that into account? Are they doing okay if this is if they're going to spend forty grand on a kitchen remodel? Um, okay, the value is. Uh, times 80% of right. that. How, how are they determining values and figuring that out for uh, for the go-ahead? Right, right, right. Well, you know, it, it's, it does kind of straddle a fence. Of course, they're going to take into consideration the quality of the improvement being made. Mm. Um, are you using, you know, the, the most modest stuff that you can get at Home Depot or, or are you getting Lafada cabinets or somewhere <laughs> in between? Uh, but you nailed it. Uh, it is It is never a a one-for-one return on a dollar investment. So, John, from a seller standpoint, what I would say is that um, it's probably more of a strategic tool to use when a seller has a home that just is really hard to sell based on a current situation. And that that could be, you know, we're thinking in terms of upgrades, but it can also be necessary repairs. Here's a real common scenario. A seller has a home to sell. The roof is shot. It's just gone. It's Mm -hmm. going to come in an inspection. You know, it, it's going to have to be addressed. 
a seller could do one of two things. Uh, he could use the renovation financing to improve the roof, replace the roof, and now he's got a home that can be financed by the next buyer. It's going to be more more appealing and so on. What I would say a seller would consider doing, though, is make potential buyers aware that that type of financing is out there so that the buyer can buy the home at the at the you know, maybe somewhat discounted price, mm-hmm. and then that buyer can choose his own roofer, his own color of shingles, et cetera. So sometimes it's just the awareness. Uh, but if, you know, if you have a seller situation where they just can't sell that home because of a certain attribute or unique characteristic, renovation financing can be done. I think from a from a homeowner's perspective, who's going to use it for a refinancing, and for the very reason that you cited, it's more of a tool when somebody says, "You know what? I am going to live and die in this home, so I'm going to make it mine, and I'm going to do the improvements to suit me." But I don't want to take money out of pocket, so I want to finance it. Um, and, and then they have the home that they really want because you're right. You're not going to get a dollar for dollar return. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, well, yeah, no reason to go down that road. Um, okay. So, so you, how many, if you had to guess, is it more buyer renovations that you're doing than seller renovations? Do you bring this up in a conversation if you're having with, with a seller that's that's going to refi? Do you, do you bring this up to them at that time? Um, because one of the things they want to do is pull equity out mm-hmm. to be able to do this. Um, and, and talk about the terms sure. of this renovation financing and, and how that all works. So when I'm talking to an existing homeowner, about considering renovation financing, um, I, I really don't see a whole lot of situations where the renovation financing is being used to position a home to sell, uh, unless it's the kind of things like we were talking about. You mm-hmm. simply have a feature that makes it unsellable. This is more of a, of a homeowner who says, I could sell or I could stay and make the home the way I want it. It's the person who stays that's really going to benefit the most. The, the, you know, the, the seller's real advantage, in my opinion, is making buyers Aware that, and this comes with the help of agents like yourself, make them aware that the uh, that the financing is available. And I'll give you a for a for instance in in the market that we have right now. The market's still skinny. You know, uh, there's not tons of homes on the on the market. Uh, the ones that are priced right and are attractive, they sell super quick. Yep. And every now and then, you find a home or a buyer finds a home, and it's got we're ringing ninety percent of the bill bells. It's in the right location. It's the right size. Um, it's got the features that the potential buyer wants. But gosh darn it, you know that that the, the kitchen is right out of the Brady Bunch, or that bathroom has been touched in thirty years, but there's nothing else on the market. So that buyer can say, you know, hey, it's not perfect, but it's it's bringing a lot of things to the table. I'll use the renovation financing to kind of close that gap. I'll, I'll make the I'll buy the home and then upgrade the kitchen. Choose my own contractors. Choose my own materials and everything. Now I can I can stop looking. Uh, you know I know that it's going to be hard to find the house that I'm looking for, and I can use that renovation financing tool to take that maybe less than perfect home and then turn it into a perfect home. Is there any accountability when they do a renovation loan? And what I mean by that is. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, they're gonna they're gonna have contractors bid this out, mm-hmm. uh, and is that do those bids have to be submitted to the lender to determine okay based on these three here's kind of what we're looking at the cost being for mm-hmm. let's say renovating the kitchen and then you determine okay based on this 
and the appraisal, here's what we're going to lend you for the renovation loan. Walk me through how that process works and how you figure out and determine how much you're actually going to lend them sure. for an upgrade mm-hmm. uh, uh, renovation. Yeah. So so uh, what we don't require in that kind of situation is for multiple bids to be turned into us as the lender. Now, it behooves the homeowner uh, to do that type of vetting of a contractor to, to make sure they're paying the right thing. But then there's another check and balance that comes into play. When you get into uh, substantial renovation financing, and by that I would say anything over $35,000, doesn't take, doesn't take a whole lot of renovation to, to get past that no, mark. But when you get past that mark, then, then we're going to require what's called a HUD consultant to come into play. And that HUD consultant is the liaison between the consumer the contractor and the lender, and they they seek to um, to make sure there's checks and balances, much like you're talking about. Uh, number one, are the costs commensurate with the type of improvement being done? Um, is anything being missed? You know, hey, if you're going to add this and you haven't called the plumber, you're going to need the plumber on this project, kind of a thing. And then also, too, to try to give some guidance to make sure that they're they're not doing improvements that are uh, not commensurate with the neighborhood. So, for instance, if, not over improving, uh, not over improve. Yeah, and if somebody says, uh, you know, hey, I know I'm in a community with with three bedroom homes, but I want to add bedrooms four and five, the HUD consultant's going to say. You know what? You're going to have an issue there. This isn't really what it's designed for. So, uh, so yes, that's the check and balance that comes into play with that. Where does this HUD liaison come from? So there is, uh, there is a, there's a roster of these guys that do this for a living, um, and uh, they're employed by HUD. Uh, they're, no, they're independent contractors, but they're okay. approved by HUD. Okay. Okay. And and so and so really, you know, the other part of the process that they know is the inner workings of how all the paperwork is supposed to look and what's required. Um, as you might suspect, if you go to 10 different contractors for a bid, uh, the bids are just going to be formatted differently from one contractor to the next. Some are going to be more detailed, some less detailed. HUD, as you might suspect, has a, a list of criteria that a bid has to include. And so before it gets too far along, this this uh, this HUD consultant can say, hey, Mr. Contractor, nice to meet you. By the way, before you put pen to paper, here's what has to be on this bid. Uh, and it's going to be things like you know breaking out the difference between labor and materials, uh, making sure that there's cost of permitting involved, uh, making sure that the license is available on the document, making sure it's signed and dated and there's a timeline involved. Um, you know, we don't want to get into renovations where it's going to take 18 months to complete the project. You know, these are things where it's like, you know, let's get it started. Let's keep the process moving and get it wrapped up. When does the – is the liaison involved after the loan closes or are they done? Now it's just the homeowner and their contractor. Lender's out and liaison's out. Is it, how well, does that work? Sure. So so uh, the, the the HUD consultant is done by that point, but it's it's really the lender and the homeowner that are involved. So what happens is, you know, let, let's take a purchase transaction. Let's take a real simple scenario. So someone's buying that home. Uh, they like the home, but the roof is shot. Okay. So he says, I'm going to buy this home. It's priced based on the fact that the roof is shot. So I'm going to finance the cost of replacing that roof. So uh, – Prior to um, us sending the appraiser out, home buyer meets with the roofer. He gets his bid. The, the HUD consultant makes sure that it's all right. Although in this example, it's, you know, that might not exceed $35,000 for just a roof, but the process is similar. So the bids are turned into uh, to the appraiser. The appraiser can't do the job until that uh, until that bid is done. Now, fast forward, the loan's approved. 
the buyer is now the owner of the home, and that money for the roof is is set aside. Okay, so now he can call his contractor. Hey, I own this home. Let's get that roof work done. Uh, the roof work is done, and as um, as the work is completed, then the lender will issue that check to the to the to the roofer uh, post inspection. Okay, we're okay. going to want to make sure that work is done. <laughs> well, okay, so let's take that example. So is it is it on the contractor then to outlay all the money for materials and everything up front and then we'll only get paid once the job is done? Yeah, there, there's a couple things to know about this type of financing. Uh, yes, it's not a payment in advance. Uh, for the work, and there's no draws um, either. There can, no, there actually can be draws okay. for substantial projects. You know, there are there are uh, checkpoints so or kitchen milestones. renovation, a basement finishing, where you're talking fifty, sixty, seventy thousand right, dollars. You're right. going to do draws on that because right. that's a big pill for a contract as well. It really is, and that can include you know a draw up to you know one going out on the day of closing if there's materials that need to be purchased and, okay. and the like. So it's reasonable, but that's also one of the conversations that we and the HUD consultant can have with that contract. Hey, Mr. Contractor, understand how this works. And and it sounds, you know, the, the first question is, well, what the heck contractor would even work that way? Most of them want money up front and yeah. so on. Well, the difference is this. When they're getting money up front from the consumer, uh, that prevents the contractor from having to chase the consumer down later. And that's fair. With the construction, with the renovation loan, that money is sitting there. That money is already sitting there and earmarked and it's there for a specific purpose. Long as he does his job, that money is, you know, that it's not like the consumer could spend it on something else. Okay. So oftentimes for the right contractor, it's like, you know, it's got to be a contractor that has some wherewithal to do sure. that. Um, <clears throat> then, then they have assurance that you know, the money is not going to vanish on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. What is, what is the cap for a renovation loan? Is it just depend on the house and where it's located? Uh, that and the loan type, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's a couple things, and and Ross does uh, to your point, to your earlier point, renovation loans on con- on conventional loans, renovation loans with FHA 203k, which is probably the most popular. And then we actually do renovation loans that are coupled with VA loans as well. And so the caps are really tied to what those loan caps are. Um, you know, the FHA county cap, for instance, etc. Um, with uh, with the conventional uh, financing, the improvements can't exceed 50% of the after-improved value. So in other words, we don't want to do a ground-up rebuild of a house. It's got to be a renovation. And then and then you know, your, your, your FHA limit for the 203K loans and then the VA limit on, on the VA loans. Wait, um, what do you mean by can't be more than 50%? Explain sure. that. So let's let's assume that the after improved value of a home is two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. We don't want to finance more than a hundred thousand dollars of renovations. Okay. The idea being, you know, we're, we're looking we're looking to renovate, we're looking to improve, we're looking to repair and upgrade. We're not looking for a demo, you know, to to do a, a ground up rebuild of the home. And so that's the stopgap in there okay. because you reach a point where the end result is going to be a completely different home than 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 what started out, and that's really not what it's designed for. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, uh, if you don't mind, just. Maybe a little bit more about two or three k. We we've we you know I, I don't see a lot of them anymore because mm-hmm. we don't have very many foreclosures or right. um, homes that need a lot of work. But um, as as inventory increases, at some point mm-hmm. there's going to be those homes that are in good locations just 
really dated or need work right. and a 203K. Talk about the limits on that uh, and, uh, and and sort of the process of going through that because I've heard horror stories mm-hmm. from buyers that have gone through and and how most lenders cap it at 35000 mm-hmm. They won't go above that because there's a whole another uh, big roll of red tape you got to go through yeah. to get those approved. Mm-hmm. Sure. So good question. So 203K is the most popular of the renovation loans uh, and it is an FHA product like you said. Uh, FHA does have a line in the sand at $35,000 that says if your renovation is below that amount, it's considered to be what's called a streamlined 203K uh, or a full 203K if you're above that amount. Um, the differences are not are, are not as sweeping as they might appear. There are lenders that want to stop, uh, and, and usually those are lenders that just don't do a whole lot of those loans. Um, Again, now you're talking about getting the HUD consultant involved, which quite frankly, you know, at Ross, we do a lot of that renovation financing. We find the HUD consultant to be a benefit into the mix. You know, that that's that handholder that helps that consumer to make sure that not just working with a, a contractor who's going to write that bid on the back of a napkin or something. So, uh, uh, you know, we don't we don't fear those types of, of transactions. The horror stories, I would say, without fail, come from lenders who do these kind of things very infrequently. Um, you know, they're 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 not hard. Frankly, once you get past the appraisal, it flows just like a regular FHA loan. They're they're not there's there's not a great deal of other uh, things that have to be done. All the work happens after the closing. So it's getting the bids, getting the bids, to the appraisal, to the appraiser, and getting that appraisal to acknowledge, hey, here's the value after the improvements. After that, the process moves just like any other FHA loan. If somebody's on their game, how quickly can an FHA 203K close? 45 days? Uh, yes. 30 to 45, I would say. Okay. And you know, if someone's on your game, let's, let's, take, let's take that example that I mentioned. If they're having the roof replaced, that's pretty straightforward. You're dealing with one contractor, one project, there's one bid, boom, there's not a whole lot to analyze. Um, so it, there's not a three-bid requirement with FHA 203K? There is not. Okay. There is not. Yeah. Again, not a bad idea for the consumer, but right. we're not going to look for three. <clears throat> but- um, don't the contractors have to be on a FHA approved list? Uh, no, no, they they oh, no. Okay. That's and I'm glad you brought that up. So there there are some requirements. They have to be licensed and insured. Needless to say, and you know we're going to do. A so you s- can't use Jim the uh, the handyman. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, who does it as a side <laughs> or right, something he's like a that? Side yeah. So so there's a couple things. You know, we we want to uh, make sure the license and insured. Uh, we want to make sure. You know, we're going to do enough of a search on a person to make sure that there's neither other you know a slew of consumers suing them or something like that. That's that, important. That, absolutely important it is. To yeah. know. And, um, and we also want some separation. We, we don't want somebody hiring their father uh, to do that work. <laughs> you know, it's just a little bit too close. There's got to be some reasonable separation there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some of the other things that you can use renovation financing for that I don't think people think about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, upgrading the heater and the AC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have thought about that as right. being something that you could get a loan for to replace yeah. um, windows. Um, what are some some of the other things that the common things that are expensive, yeah. but we mm-hmm. don't think? Well, they're not going to give me a, a renovation loan to replace all the windows in here with upgraded windows, right, or right, right. Yeah. some other examples. Uh, great question, John, and and you nailed it. it it's it, you mentioned earlier that it's not a program that that's that we see often. 
Um, I would argue it's underused. It really is underused. And I think it's because of the, the fear of complexity and, and possibly the fear of, of uh, much, much higher costs. And there really isn't. There's some additional inspection costs because inspections have to happen. Work's being done. But uh, no, the, you know, plain old vanilla 30-year fixed rate terms, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very safe loan. But to your question, uh, yes, you can upgrade heating and air conditioning. You can uh, repair electric and plumbing. Uh, you can repair and replace flooring, uh, windows, doors, siding. Electrical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to upgrade a panel mm-hmm. isn't going to be more than probably $2,500. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. They'll do a renovation loan for that small? Sure can. Sure can. That's yeah. pretty incredible. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and what a lot of people will do is, I mean, we would never discourage that, but they're, they're, they will think, well, as long as we're doing that, as long as we're in mm. the flow, sure. are there other things that we should incorporate? So we get this one loan and we take care of those things. But um, uh, it doesn't have to be repairs. You, know, you can add a deck or a patio. Um, you can replace a well or a septic system. Uh, of course, remodeling kitchens and bath, that's what uh, a lot of people uh, often associate those types of loans with. Um, improving insulation or installing insulation. So it, you know, it can be a money saver if you have an you know, old house like mine where the insulation isn't all that good. Um, mold mitigation. Lead abatement. You know, when you have homes, uh, again, we, to your point, we saw it more during the foreclosure market. Yeah great home but it's been sitting vacant it's got a mold problem you can you can roll that cost of professional uh, abatement to get that mold out of there and make the home safe again um, improvements for people with disabilities if they need a wheelchair ramp or or or, or lifts or, or something a roll like in that. shower right exactly bathroom. yeah yeah okay. exactly one of the neat things is that you can include in the financing six months of the house payments and here's the logic there. So you're working on a house, you're rebuilding the kitchen, yeah. you got to live in an apartment because you don't have a working kitchen. Well, gee, now I'm paying for two places. You can finance those first six payments just so that you can manage cash flow during the during the renovation. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a great program. Yeah, yeah that really is, is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. that's something that uh, I, I, I wouldn't have even thought about that, but it makes complete sense. If you're working on a house mm-hmm. and you're tearing apart the interior, yeah, you're probably not going to want to live there right. with uh, all the dust and chemicals and everything. Yeah. Um, and if it's a new house that you're buying and – yeah, you just continue to live where you are and have the work done. It makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing we want people to know because I think a lot of times people will avoid looking at that type of financing because of perceived complexity. And it's missed opportunity. So, yeah, let's talk if if there's somebody out there that has that type of a type of a need. It's a great program. It, oh, well one other thing that uh that you had brought up earlier was um uh, when we were talking before we actually uh sat down. Mm-hmm. Was um, waterproofing a yeah. basement? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's huge. That's fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand yeah. dollars for the for the waterproofing mm-hmm. uh, for those guys to get done. And it's it's one of those things that I don't think people think about. Well, I can I can you know what's the typical? Hey, Mister Mister Lender, I want to refinance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull cash out and I'm going to use that cash to waterproof my basement yeah. as opposed to, hey, Mr. Lender, I want to refinance and do a renovation loan to waterproof my basement. Right, right, um, right. Mm-hmm. Can you compare and contrast those two things? Why doing a, a including it as part of a part of a loan mm-hmm. for a renovation is smarter than just pulling capital out and, and paying it? Well, there, there, 
there may be more similarities and differences depending on the circumstance. Uh, for a refinance for an existing homeowner, it probably is six one half dozen another. But where it can be really relevant is, um, and John, I know you you attend inspections when when home buyers are having their home inspected, yeah. and I have to think that there's been situations where boy, a perfect house, everybody is loving it, the inspection's going great. Oh man, there's a problem with the foundation. We've got water damage uh, or, or, or water intrusion. I think in a lot of cases, the knee-jerk response is the deal is dead. Uh, or or and, and if the seller fixes it, great, but chances are they would have fixed it had they had the wherewithal and cash to do so. They often don't. Renovation financing, it can solve a problem for the seller because now he can sell a home that he couldn't sell otherwise. And it can keep that home, or that buyer in the home that they, they selected because it was one that they really, really liked and felt was meeting their needs. Man, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think attending inspections are so important, mm, uh, yeah. especially from my perspective. Reading something on a report can be taken completely different than when you're in person and talking to an inspector because they're yeah. going to write out uh, what what they saw, what the circumstance was, water intrusion. Mm-hmm. But when you're on site and talking with the inspector, when they call something out – you can talk through, okay, tell me, why do you think this is coming in? Right. Is there moisture behind the wall? Is it because of this? Is it because of A, B, C, or D? And so having those discussions when the buyer is present, mm-hmm. I think gives the buyer a little bit more of a level of either A, comfort, or B, holy crap, yeah. ugh, dodged yeah. a bullet with this one. Yeah, let's uh, let's pull out of this. Well, you know, I think the other thing it does, John, is that – you know, so let's decide they move forward and they're going to purchase. And now they're going to have that conversation with the waterproofing company. They're going to be far better prepared to have that conversation because they were at that inspection, getting that dialogue from the inspector. You know, and so they might have knowledge of the right questions to ask the contractor. Uh, they might, you know, hear a red flag if the contractor says something completely different than what the inspector said. Um, you're right; it, it's just a whole different flavor and color than just looking at the at the at the written report. It, it's invaluable to be there with the inspector. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I equate it to when you're sending text messages back and forth to somebody (laughs) and you try to be sarcastic or funny and somebody reads it and thinks, what an asshole. What a jerk. What a jerk. (laughs) Right. To heck with you. What are you sending me? You know, it it gets taken the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes when the inspectors write out these reports, they're they're sometimes so vanilla, Mm -hmm. they're just stating what they saw or stating what they believe is a fact. And, uh, uh, Sometimes a buyer may be with them on site and hear them say something and not know to ask further. Can you can you um, you know expound on right. that? Can you can you explain to me why? Mm-hmm. And maybe so. A realtor being at an inspection is really an important thing, and yeah. and that's why I attend. Um, you know, almost everyone that I can yeah. uh, because I feel like unless you do. You miss out on a lot of stuff. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a really good topic. Yeah. I'm glad that – I'm glad you wanted to talk about this because I think most people just are not familiar with it. Underused. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. Well, hey, thank you for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you'd be so kind as to subscribe, review, rate, we appreciate it. Please share with your friends, family, and coworkers that they too can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google <laughs> Google Podcast and Spotify. <laughs> that one's hard Google? to say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks.